All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Very excited because we have another guest expert joining us today. We have Kristen Smedley joining us. Kristen is a mom of three children, two of which were born blind. Kristen is the best-selling author of Thriving Blind Stories of Real People Succeeding Without Sight and Brilliantly Resilient reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance. I cannot wait to talk to her more about her journey through everything. It's going to be amazing. Um, She is a recognized expert in the blindness and rare disease communities. She won the highly regarded Champion of Hope Award, was named an ambassador of the National Organization of Rare Disorders, and is in 2022's inductee to Conwell Egan Catholic Wall of Fame just her list of credentials goes on and on and on. She did a TEDx talk book and international summit changed perceptions of blindness and sparked a global movement thriving blind Academy that is solving the unemployment literacy and financial uh, crisis in the blind community. I cannot wait to bring her on. So let's go ahead and cue that intro and then we will go ahead and bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Kristen, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited for this one today. Let's do it. (laughs) Yes, I cannot wait to have you on. I'm excited to to have you here. So I wanted to start off um, with your journey. Just reading, you know, your bio and your story is absolutely incredible. It seems like you have made some very major impacts in the communities that you have been a part of. And so I would love to know just your story of growing and becoming uh, who you are and where you're at today? Well, <laughs> do you have about 52 years to sit in <laughs> Now, honestly, start um, wherever you feel is good for right now. <laughs> I have to tell you, I cannot stop smiling. And, and people actually, I am actually known for the fact that I smile all the time. And I put a post up on, on um, Instagram over the over the weekend, I was with a, a couple of my brothers. I have four brothers. We had a we had a rowdy house growing up. I can and imagine. I had my it was my oldest and youngest brother, and I had pictures of both of them. And I said, "Oh, this is my youngest brother." I don't really put them on on social ever. And I said, "He's the one that smiles the most in the family." And I can't tell you how many messages I got from people. They were like, "Someone in your family smiles more than you do." <laughs> you. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I mean, my whole life I had like such, I just had a lot of success, but I was one of those like air quote, normal people that the world was designed for, right? Like in school, I was the, I was the perfect student that a teacher wanted to come through the door. Right. I played, I had a lot of success in sports. I was the kid people wanted to coach. Like I didn't have I, I was, I was so typical. It was ridiculous. I had a lot of yeah. success and, and that typical little, now I look at it as like this flat line, typical that right. the world is built for. Um, and, and I, I planned my whole life. I mean, I was, I knew I was going to be a teacher. I knew I was going to be a mom. I knew I was going to be a wife. I had, you know, okay, look, I'm like 557 million years old. So when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of options for women and women in sports. Stop it. Like there was, yeah. you know, 
there wasn't a lot of options, but I didn't care because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I was born to be a teacher. Um, and then, and then to, to have my ultimate dream come true to be a mom. Um, I, I literally was like, I said, Oh, thank God I had all the challenges I've had since, because I would have been so annoying. I would have annoyed myself. (laughs) (laughs) I had entirely too much success, But, uh, but it was, it was when my, my, uh, my firstborn son, he, he um, was diagnosed as blind when he was four months old. And, and honestly, I mean, I can't even believe it, but my daughter, I have a sighted daughter and she's like, mom, I think you now know more blind people than, you know, sighted people, you know, so many people, mm-hmm. but Michael was the first blind person I had ever met in my life. I had no yeah. education. Yeah. And for somebody that was very successful in school and successful in everything I did, because I, I studied, I prepared, I, I did all the things that they say are all about, you know, how you have success. So when you're unprepared, unmotivated, un, un like on everything yeah. for, for a day like that, to hear that, I just, uh, I literally crashed to the ground and I am not proud at all of where my journey began, Yeah. but oh my goodness, where it's taken me is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So what has, what have you done to kind of get you to the point today where you have created so much impact, um, and have really like flipped that challenge on its head and gone, we're going to face this head on and we're going to take it and we're going to just run with it. And it sounds like you have just run with it and absolutely just dominated everything that you've touched. So how was that process? Like taking kind of what seemed like a, I don't know if disappointment is the right word, but just seemed like, wow, I don't even know how to handle this. And then really spun it on its head and created success out of that. Well, look, I'll tell you, I was, I was a word bigger than disappointment. I was devastated. I was living in devastation. And I would love to say that I woke up one day and, and picked myself up. You know, people say I picked myself up and I got motivated. It was good. I didn't. I I literally crashed to the floor when Michael was three and a half years old because I was I was about to have my second baby and I was out of my mind, angry, scared, upset, sad that my second one would be impacted, too, because the the um, the statistics are that 25 percent of each pregnancy, you'd have this blindness again. And it was actually my three and a half year old son, Michael that, that shook me out of that stuckness because he said to me, mommy, isn't this the best day ever? And I was like, I actually said to him, I said, Michael, explain to me how you would consider this the best day ever. And I'm thinking to myself, you are missing everything in this world. You have no idea how much your life is going to suck. I didn't say that. I was thinking that. And he said, well, the sun is shining and I have all my toys and I'm just so happy. And in that instant, it was like, like if Hollywood wrote this as a movie, fireworks would go off, a lightning bolt would hit me in the head. Right. And I said, I was looking at all the loss in, in blindness. Right. And Michael was experiencing all the gain that I wasn't seeing. I mean, he was to this day, he's now 23 years old and extremely successful he embraces all of the unique ways that he is in this world and accesses the world. And back then I was blocking all of that because I had a vision in my mind and a story that the world was telling me about what my life should be, what his life would be. And I had the story of blindness in my head too. The world was saying that that meant devastation, isolation, and, and no achievement whatsoever. 
So we literally, I looked at Michael and I thought, you know what? I dreamt my whole life to be a great mom. And I was the worst mom this kid could ever have imagined. So I had to, I had to knock it off, get it together. And, and I had no idea how to guide him. Right. I had no idea how to raise a blind kid. I knew how to be successful though. And when you're a successful person, you ask for help. You, you find people that know the things that you don't know. You build a team that can do the things that you can't do. You know, you do all those, those things. You, you, you set a goal and you believe in it. And so I did all the things that a successful person does. Yeah. Having no idea how to, how to do this. And, and I, 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 the best thing that ever happened was every single dream I had for him and his brother that was born three and a half years later that was diagnosed as blind also. Um, best thing that ever happened to me was that everything I ever wanted for them was gone. Mm-hmm. And and I went into it with no bias. I went into it with no preconceived notions of what I thought they should do because I didn't know what they should do. Right. And let them, all I did was I said, I will get you the tools that you need to access a world that you can't see, a braille, the white cane, you know, whatever tool they needed to access the things that they needed. And then I let them go from there. And I'm telling you, I, the stuff I learned from, from raising them and watching them soar without the weight of my bizarre bias and expectations, right? Soar because they had the tools that they needed. Soar because they believed in themselves because I believed in them. I translated that. I started a nonprofit 12 years ago. I did all the things, same things. I built a team. I, you know, I did all the things. And then I started a for-profit. Same thing. Who knows who's ahead of me that has had success? You know, I actually also look at people that have failed. I actually call people that have failed and say, That's brilliant. Hey, what did you do wrong that you would never do again? You That's know? brilliant. Yes. But all of those things. And believe me, along the way, I mean, I have had people that said, I've had people in the blind community that said I was crazy, that the kids, I, I needed to cut it out with, with expecting that they would go after their dreams. I've had, I had someone when I started a nonprofit years ago, 12 years ago, <laughs> look, I was a third grade teacher. I was good. I was an incredible third grade teacher, right? I mean, we had a good time in my classroom. And then I end up in an opportunity to, to start an organization for research for my kids' blindness that we could, you know, possibly get to to cures and treatments, right? What do I? I have no business doing that, but I was like, hey, I'm a mom. I'll do what I need to do for them. And and oh my gosh, this guy publicly humiliated me and said, that cute little mom isn't going to make a dent. She has no idea what she's doing. I will say, after a couple of tears and beers, <laughs> those are incredible words. Well, I got up and I was like, you know what? He's right. He is right. I had no idea what I was doing. And a big lesson here for your audience, you know, you take feedback. That's another element of success. You listen to all feedback. Some of it, most of it, you have to let roll right off of you. Right. But I always look in all of the feedback for, is there a lesson? Is there something I need to learn? Is there any truth to what this person is saying? If not, okay, great. I move on. But this guy... He was right. I had no idea what I was doing, but I, so I went and asked people, I'm not mean, I asked, I got the brightest minds in the world for vision research and other families. And we have gone on to, to surpass anything anyone ever thought we could possibly do. And we're almost at clinical trials. I mean, wow. just because I said, you know what, 
he's right and I need help. And I asked for it. That's <laughs> like the definition of resourcefulness right there. Like looking at the situation and going, okay, like I need to change this. I need to figure this out. And so what do I need to do to solve the, find the answers, solve the problems. And I think that that is something that I see missing a lot is people don't understand how to be resourceful mm -hmm. and they don't understand how to uh, come in and solve a situation and go, okay, what do I have in right now? And how can I use this to help me? So how were you able to really tap into that and find opportunities, even though it was challenging and it was uncomfortable and all that, how are you able to, to continue to be resourceful and uh, make it successful? Well, I tell you, you, you hit the nail on the head with the word uncomfortable. I mean, you know, and I had, I had to let go of that. I was so uncomfortable and it wasn't supposed to be this hard, right? You know, like I was educated, I was smart, I was successful. The world should be different for people like me. Why was this so hard that I had to figure things out? But I'm telling you, watching my boys with, with ease and grace and a smile on their face, access this world that had barriers all around that luckily they couldn't see. Yeah. They just figured out the tools that they needed to access the things that they wanted to access and at the level that they access things. So I, I realized with them that what the world perceives as disadvantage, I was watching be an incredible advantage. So when I was, you know, building nonprofits and building a business, I, to this day, when I'm like, oh, you know, like uh, when, when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, I had just launched an in-person event business, right? So I'm like, what a disadvantage. What an adversity. Now this, this company that was one week old, we had just had the first event that was very successful, gets shut down. And I was like, wait a minute, instantaneously, where's the gain instead of the loss? Where's the advantage in what the world is saying disadvantage? The advantage was I knew how to, hey, I can talk till the cows come home. My kids are like, for the love of God, she's still talking, right? And I'm like, I know how to be on camera. I know how to do, I knew how to do Zoom. So, so that live event thing that I do with a partner, we turned it into a show. It was supposed yeah. to be a big speaking. Let's, let's do an online show. Nobody has anywhere to go. Everyone's scared out of their minds. Let's have a show about resilience. And we went live a hundred days in a row. We had a live show, built this massive thing, right? At the same time, all of the researchers in my, in my vision research organization we're shut out of all the labs, everything. So everyone is on Zoom calls saying, this is terrible. All the yeah. science is going to go backwards. And I was like, people, where's the advantage in the perceived disadvantage? The advantage is all right. these researchers now didn't have to be in 90 million different places. And I right. invited them all to my Zoom room and said, can we all get talking about what everybody's working on? Yeah. And I credit, I, I know that the I, I, I am fully aware that the pandemic and the lockdowns crushed a lot of people's lives and dreams. And they crushed a lot of elements of my life and dreams and income. However, it also had an advantage where all those researchers couldn't get into labs. They didn't have to teach classes. They weren't in million meetings. So they wanted to talk and they, they started to collaborate. And we had massive breakthroughs 
just because people came into the Zoom room because I opened up the opportunity for it. And it accelerated. It accelerated things so fast that we just won one of the most competitive $1.25 million grants from the NIH because that research had advanced so far because we took the opportunity of not being able to be in person with regular schedules and have people around the world collaborate, which would have taken years of getting them together in person. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's absolutely amazing just to, to see that kind of all that, that opportunity that you created really result in something like that. I think that that's amazing. And so I, I think that from hearing you talk, your ability to build relationships and the, the power of relationship building is really coming through. And I think that that's important in any kind of aspect, whether you're running a business or not, but since the audience is business focused, what kind of spot does relationship building play in business and how can you really, especially if you're somebody who's a little bit more introverted, right? And I know that there's a whole bunch of marketing strategies out there. Talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. Um, and you want to feel original, you want to feel authentic. How do you approach people and build relationships um, where you gen genuinely want to get to know people, but you can show up as yourself, you can be authentic. How do you start to create relationships like that? You know, it's interesting. You are you are um, quite a brilliant person that you can pull that out because I have had people say to me, I realized a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, a very, very successful person said to me that my superpower was is building relationships. And I didn't even realize it because I am just authentic in the world saying like I look, I will also say this for for folks that are out there that are trying to launch something and, and it's important to you. I had the power of mom behind me, right? Like you do, it's, I had an attorney one time say to me, Chris, you need to advocate for yourself the way you advocate for your kids, right? So it was my kids that were at stake here. You got to really yeah. figure out what's at stake. You know, mm -hmm. now it's a little bit different. My kids are grown. And as I'm building a business now, what's at stake is what the impact I want to make on the world. So you really got to know that why and, and have that at the forefront. Yeah. So that power of that why and what's at stake for you whether you're introverted, extroverted, whether I mean, I'm look, I was standing in a room of the top minds in the world for vision research, knowing full well, I have an elementary education degree, right? I was a third grade teacher and I had to, you have to also realize that not everybody is out there to help you. Not everybody's going to say mm. yes. And it's nothing personal. They have all their different reasons and you can disagree right. with their reasons, whatever. But I would go and ask for help from people um, and be okay with when they said no. You know, yeah. I would, I'd be like, who says no to a mom like me? But whatever, <laughs> move on. I have, I have a mission. I have a mission I gotta do, right? Yeah. So that was one thing. Like I, when I was on, you know, behalf of my kids, the other thing I realized real quick, especially in building for-profit and even in the new nonprofit that I'm starting, um, there's, there's two things. One, I would say everybody should go get, if you haven't read the book, The Go-Giver yet by mm. Bob Berg, go get it because it's about switching your mindset from we are, you know, I was raised to be a go getter, yeah. go get what you want, go after it. But when you give first, when you go about the world being of service to other people in any way you possibly can and be a giver, what comes back later is astronomical. So I would say, go out there. Who can you serve first and yeah. not inauthentically, even if it's, you know, you can do it on, 
LinkedIn, Instagram, anywhere. Yeah. You can just keep putting out content that's educational. Mm -hmm. You can take someone else's content and share it for them and, and put your spin on it. That's all giving. What is uh, Gary Vee says? Um, jab, 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 right hook, right? Yeah. Give, give, give way before you ask anybody to do anything. Right. But and, and, you know, people reach out to me. I, I, I don't even know how many connection requests I get on LinkedIn every day. And I love the ones that say, hey, you know, we work in a similar space or we do a similar thing. We're serving communities. If there's ever anything I can do or I've noticed that your community needs this and I have this resource and connecting people to each other. I'm big on that. I connect other people to each other mm, without, like even, without even anything in me. Oh, I see that you're working on this and I just met this person on my podcast. You guys should know each other. Like anything you can do to build community around you before you ever even need anything. And then it's funny, then people will come back and say, hey, I see that you're doing this uh, yeah. or they'll connect you to somebody else. I mean, but that I was raised like that. I mean, I was literally raised in a community. When I went to college, I was like, whoa, the world is not like the bubble <laughs> I grew up in, you know? <laughs> yeah. You were like, who needed, you know, you were borrowing sugar from a neighbor and who needs this, you know, and my parents, there was no place for all of us to go on Friday night. So they started something at the church for 85, seventh and eighth graders to hang out. I'm like, who does that, you know, <laughs> but I was very much raised in a servant leadership home and I, yeah. we never called it that. I didn't know what yeah. that was, um, but we were always looking to be in service of other people. Even my, even all three of my kids blind and sighted, yeah. they have had to be out there volunteering creating opportunities to serve other people. And I think that that's, that's a huge part of all of our success. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a beautiful answer. So I want to talk a little bit about something you mentioned at the beginning, which was uh, creating a team to do what you can't. I thought that that was a really powerful statement there. I know a lot of solopreneurs that are looking to transition to business owners, they have a hard time relinquishing control um, mm -hmm. or they're kind of stuck in that kind of perfectionist mindset where they're going, I need to have all the training written out, all the SOPs written out, all the automations and everything set up before I can think of bringing anybody on. So can't do it because I don't have the time to do the automations. So I can't bring on anybody to help me. Um, and they're very kind of protective of their business, of what's going on. Um, and it keeps them from scaling. So how do you recommend people move past those blocks? Oh, it's a big challenge, right? Because all the, the successful entrepreneurs say you need to know every single element of your business. You need to do it first before you hire it out. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I would say from from where I stand and the way that, that I've been able to do this and, and jump out of bed every morning at five o'clock and love everything I do. I know I know. And this is a beauty of if if your listeners were in education programs where they were different types of learners and they had an individualized mm -hmm. education plan. That's where I see kids that learn differently and access the world differently have such an edge over the rest of us, because in those education plans, you you got to see what are your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I now do this with my sighted daughter that didn't have that opportunity. Where are your strengths and your weaknesses? And it's not a good and bad. It's a these are the these are the elements of you. So right. I I always say, and this is what I do. I go with the things that that are my strengths. Like I mean, I I can 
I can do a podcast after podcast. I can get on a stage with 10,000 people. I can go, I can do all of those things that typically scare people to death, right? All right. Of yeah. Talk about like, oh, I go speak in front of 10,000 people. Most people are like, what? <laughs> right. That lights me up to write a new speech, like lights me up to, to put a book together, lights yeah. me up. Spreadsheets, you know, the, the email sequences, the, the <laughs> website stuff, I can do it all, but oh yeah. my, I always say I have an allergy to Excel. I'm like, <laughs> I've been like, even in college, I'm like, with writing papers, I'm like, can we just talk? Can I just tell oh, you? Yeah, everything that was I, know? I can't do all this other. It's not, it doesn't light me up. So I would say, figure out where all your strengths are. Know how to do everything. You yeah. should know all the elements of your business. However, start handing off the things that just drain you from the brilliance that you have and focus on the things where you, you really can step into your brilliance and shine. I love that. Oh man, this has been so awesome. My last question to you today is what would be a couple of steps that you would recommend to those solopreneurs who are looking to make that shift? They're ready to go and they're still just having a hard time getting there to being a business owner where their business is separate from themselves. What would be one to two action steps that they could take to really start to get there and, and achieve that scalability in their business? Honestly, I would take a look at where you want to be in one year and five years. And I only say one year and five years because past that, who knows what's going to happen. There could be a whatever could happen. Right. Yeah. So what I do is I look at my one year, the short term and, and five years, my long term. And what does my life look like? What does my business look like in right. both of those? And then that's how, you know, the next like with the Kristen that wants to have the academy with with 10,000 members and and the this and this and this what decision is she going to make today when faced with whether to go this way or that way if you know if you begin with the end in mind and i know people say that sounds a little cliche but when you think about it as okay thriving blind academy in 5 years is going to have impacted 10,000 people that are blind and gotten them back to work yeah what do i need to do today to make that happen? You know, do right. I need to scale back on this? Do I need to get a virtual assistant? Do we have to hire somebody to help with the content to make the online? Pro Those are the kinds of things. So I would, I would start with the end in mind. Where do you want to be? But do the one year and the five year. The five year is like when all things are perfect and it all falls into place. And the one year is a little more realistic, mm -hmm. right? And then honestly, ask for help from people. Ask for it. Look at people LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever, that are two steps ahead of you and 10 steps ahead of you. Reach yeah. out to them. Reach out to them and say, here's what I'm, I'm looking at. You know, what would be your next piece of advice? Or, and, I mean, look, we're on a podcast here. I am a podcast addict. I listen to <laughs> yeah. podcasts. There is so much wealth of knowledge in podcasts. I have this giant, giant, I am, I am, five foot four on my license. I think I've gotten down to five foot three now. You're shrinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not the biggest person in the world, but I have this massive Bobcat tractor lawnmower, right? And, and on my acre and a half property. And I put these giant Bose headphones on and my kids know she's not coming back in for at least three hours. Yeah. And I have all the, all the things I want to learn that week while I'm mowing. I have all the podcast episodes lined up and, and, there I am mowing away. And that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
I love it. Oh man, this has been so valuable. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to just be a part of your world, where can they go? I would just come to kristensmedley.com. It's Kristen with two I's, K-R-I-S-T-I-N smedley.com. If you want to see the the huge work that we're doing to to change uh, the world for people that are blind, go to thrivingblindacademy.org. And all of it links from kristensmedley.com. All my social handles are Kristen Smedley because I am out of brain cells to come up with anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Nice and simple. Oh, this has been so good. So any last words, anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? Listen, I just wrote a children's book called What I Can Be Is Up To Me. And you determine, you determine, not anyone else's story about you, what you want to be in this world. So go for it. Let's go. That's perfect way to end it. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.